Today's episode of Primam's Playlist is sponsored by Anchor. Stay tuned to find out more. Hello everyone, and welcome to the season finale of Primam's Playlist Season 2. My name is Prim, and just like last time, I'll be analyzing some underrated K-pop tunes and recommending them based on your music taste. Yes, it's true, this is the last episode of this season. I really want to try focusing on school and my main YouTube channel as much as I can this semester, and combining that with other projects I have planned, well, I just don't have a lot of time to work on this podcast. Plus, I'm sure my roommate gets annoyed with me having to record every couple weeks. So I'm going to end the season here and go on hiatus until summer break, when I'll have more time to produce the best quality podcast I can. Speaking of high quality, let's talk about today's theme, or rather today's lack of theme. Since this is the final episode of this season, I wanted to focus in on songs that I personally really liked. While I make sure that every song I cover on this podcast is good and can be enjoyed by a great many people, I'll be the first to admit that some aren't quite my personal taste. Everyone likes different things, you know? So today's playlist isn't a particular genre or gimmick or anything like that. I'm just gonna plug you into my brain and we'll see what songs are rattling around in there. Oh, by the way, this is a double length episode, so get your popcorn now. Without further ado, let's pull up the playlist. Our first song today is Time For Me by girl group Berry Good, coming in at 17k views on Ogam Entertainment and 64k views on their official YouTube channel. More views than I usually go for on this podcast, but ever since they released Akio, I've been wanting to keep up with Berry Good, you know? They went with a retro concept for this comeback, with a bouncy tempo, plucked bass, and rhythmic guitar. However, there are also some contemporary elements, like the way the percussion builds up in the pre-chorus, the use of high voice-like synths in the chorus, and the trap influences during the second verse rap break. It almost feels like a mashup of a retro revival song and an EDM-inspired song. Quite often, there's a single instrument from one genre in a section dominated by the other, like the synth in the chorus, or the piano samples in the rap break. On top of that, the vocal style is very reminiscent of the cuter concept we've come to expect since Akio. All in all, the song is a really well-done cross-genre mix that's sure to delight anyone who listens. When I was listening to Time For Me, my immediate first thought was that it reminded me of something G-Friend would release, especially during their Navilera era. I could see this song being a b-side on their LOL album right alongside songs like Mermaid and Compass. I also think Sting by Stellar and Wave by Lime Soda are good comparisons, the latter as an example of the type of EDM that Time For Me draws from, and the former as a similar union of retro and contemporary. And for the western pop fans in the audience, the instrumental during the verses reminds me a lot of Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. So if you've been looking for something that's a bit retro but also a bit modern, and especially if you're a longtime G-Friend fan, definitely check out Time For Me. How about song number two? At 15k views on One The K, this is Amateur Lover by an artist named Susan. I haven't been able to find any information about her, so if you know anything about this artist, please let me know on Twitter at PlaylistPrim. We start out with a very bass-heavy, subdued instrumental and quiet singing, which slowly builds up with a popping percussion. The chorus then explodes into a sea of ambient synth pads, as well as adding more percussion, both echoey snares and very deep, fast bass kicks. Notably, the chorus also adds in an incredibly grungy, harsh bass synth. If you're a longtime fan of this podcast, you know I love me a good, harsh synth, so this was a pleasant surprise. 
And then the post-chorus, she adds in a deep and syncopated voice like synth, which fits the dark and ambient vibes of this song perfectly. I'd also like to take a moment to appreciate Susan's voice. She has a simultaneously airy and throaty quality that gives this song an incredibly unique touch. I'd recommend Amateur Lover to anyone who liked Butterfly by Luna. The combination of voice-like synths and ambient EDM elements really link these two songs together. Also, some elements of this song, especially the percussion, actually remind me a bit of Yubin's 80s themed releases, like Thank You So Much and her recent release Perfume. I also think that BTS fans could really enjoy Amateur Lover, as it has a similar ambient feel to songs of theirs like Microcosmos. Not that the two songs are similar per se, more that I could just really see BTS singing something like Amateur Lover. Speaking of voices, if your bias in G-Idol is mini, I definitely think you'll enjoy Susan's voice, though Susan is a bit deeper. And if you're a fan of harsh bass synths like I am in songs like Zimzolabim by Red Velvet or Red Light by F of X, you'll love the bass synth in the chorus of Amateur Lover. So if you're a fan of Luna's Butterfly era, BTS's more ambient tracks, Yubin's retro releases, or that classic SM bass, go listen to Amateur Lover. Song 3, please. Song number 3 with 1800 views on Genie Music is Landline Party by a vocal group called Honey G. Not to be confused with the X Factor contestants, yes there was a lawsuit and yes they lost. Here we have another retro concept, this time reminiscent of 70s era disco. We start with a low syncopated bass, a quickly strummed and partially muted guitar, and synth string stings. Try saying that three times fast. Other than changes in the percussion, the instrumental actually stays fairly consistent, simply adding or removing the previously mentioned loops as needed. This instrumental simplicity allows the vocals of each member to stand out, a fitting choice considering they're primarily a vocal group. I really like the use of call and response between the main singer in a section and the other two members, backup singer style. It really adds to the disco style, plus gives them a great way to show off their vocal chops. You can really tell that everyone involved was having a ton of fun putting this song together. So since Landline Party is a 70s disco-inspired song, I'm legally required to recommend it to anyone who likes Dynamite by BTS, for obvious reasons. I also recommend it to those who love Married to the Music by Shiny, which has a similar disco inspiration. And because I can't not talk about girl groups when recommending music, the bass in the intro to Landline Party reminds me a lot of the intro bass to Mago by G-Friend, though that's a little bit later 70s to early 80s. So if you're a fan of a more groovy side of early 2020s retro revival, give Landline Party a listen. How about song number 4? Our fourth song today is Milky Way by R&B singer-songwriter Red House, currently with about 6,000 views on Stone Music Entertainment. This might be one of my favorite songs on the podcast today. Listening to this song really does sound like you're flying through space. The synth pads in the background, the slight dampening and reverb added to the pitched snares, and the heavy panning on the guitar stings makes this song seem to both surround you and echo in the distance. And that's just in the intro. During the verses especially, Red House makes use of a compression effect on certain lines to make them sound farther away. And the opposite is true during the chorus, adding extra harmonies to make the vocals really jump to the foreground. Speaking of vocals, Red House's soft voice really fits this song's spacey, romantic vibes, tying everything together with a neat little bow. As I said before, this is one of my favorite songs on the playlist today. As soon as it's safe to take road trips again, I'm putting this on the whole way. 
I think one of the best fits for Milky Way is April Fools by Jimin Park, which has a similar ambient and guitar-based instrumental. For the same reason, I think that Milky Way would work for fans of Feeling Good by Day6. Also, if you're a fan of the travel slash road trip vibes in 8 by IU featuring Suga, Milky Way definitely has a similar energy. And if you're a massive goddamn weeb like myself, you'll certainly be reminded of Yukiho Hagiwara's image song Cosmos Cosmos from The Idol Master. So if you're looking for a simultaneously ambient and upbeat song, or even just a good piece of road trip music, add Milky Way to your playlist. Let's hear song 5! Fifth on the list is On Off by R&B singer Bobe, garnering 22k views on Stone Music Entertainment. This is the first song on the playlist that isn't specifically a retro concept. I promise it gets more varied from here on out, just trust me. This is a straight-up R&B song with lo-fi elements both in the percussion and its use of background noise and static throughout the song. I really love its use of low-pitched detuned synths as the main chord instrument. It really gives the song a darker tone, which is contrasted by the lighter guitar samples and Bobe's soft voice. I also gotta say, I love that almost radar-sounding sample starting about two minutes in. It fits perfectly with the detuned and almost underwater-sounding nature of the rest of the song, especially how it complements the less-structured vocals during that segment. All in all, it's a really nice lo-fi R&B track. I really think that On-Off is perfect for fans of a more chill side of RM's solo work. The two that come to mind are Reflection and Soul, especially Soul. They both make use of a slower tempo as well as both lo-fi inspirations and detuned elements. And, of course, if you're like me and use lo-fi to get yourself focused, this would work great as long as you can work alongside songs with lyrics. So if you're an RM fan who needs to study up, I'd recommend On Off. Before we continue, let's hear a word from today's sponsor. Today we're sponsored by Anchor, the very same service we used to make this podcast. Let me tell you, Anchor is unrivaled in its accessibility. Anchor lets you make your own podcast from scratch, right from your computer, or even your phone. You can record yourself in browser, add stock music from Anchor's own library, and even make simple edits. Or, if you prefer to record and edit in a more familiar application, Anchor also allows you to upload audio straight from your computer. Anchor can also handle some of the more intimidating aspects of podcasting for you. For example, it can automatically distribute your podcast to platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and it can even link you up with sponsors. What's craziest about Anchor to me, though, is that it's absolutely free. All these tools, all these functions, and they don't even cost a penny. So, if you have a great idea for a podcast but don't know where to start, I'd highly recommend using Anchor. It's easy, versatile, and free. Let's get back to the playlist! Coming in at 4,600 views on Warner Music Korea, song number 6 is Pop Song by singer-songwriter and dancer Hae-ri featuring rapper Han Hae. Before we continue, one note, I have literally no clue what gender Hae-ri is or what pronouns they use. Kprofiles.com uses she-her, but I don't know what that site's views on gender etc. are. Plus Hae-ri responded wow nice to a comment on this MV indirectly stating that they're gender fluid, but that could also be a translation issue. So I'm just gonna use they them until I get more info. Anyway, let's take a look at Pop Song. Right off the bat, I love how this song combines instruments like pianos and strings with electronic elements in the percussion and additional synths. 
It's really easy to fall into a standard ballad sound when working with a piano and string combination, so these extra elements give it more of an upbeat and energetic feel despite the halftime tempo. My favorite part of the song, though, is the a cappella pre-chorus. No instrumentals save for a snapping sound combined with beautiful close harmonies and a catchy melody that makes this segment stick in your head. Though it's not what one would traditionally call a killing moment, I'd argue that it absolutely counts. I also need to take a moment to appreciate Harry's wide range of vocal qualities, but most of the song is done in a low, raspy voice, there are some more high-pitched and clear lines in the harmonies. This is seriously an awesome debut for Harry, and I can't wait to see more of their songs in the future. I talked for way too long about this song already, so I'll make it quick. Instrumental-wise, Pop Song is kind of like a combination between My Gravity by Yezzy and Like This by Pentagon, with the former being better for the verses and the latter for the chorus. Also, if you're a fan of Amber Lou's blend of usually gender-segregated styles, you'll enjoy Pop Song both musically and aesthetically, though again, I have no clue what Haley's gender is, so take this recommendation with that context, you know? But yeah, if you're into a blend of halftime EDM and almost balladesque elements, Pop Song is the song for you. Alright, what's next? Song number 7 is Thinking About You by artists Muzi and Suman, currently at 17k views on Stone Music Entertainment. This is another set of artists I can't find any information about. Searching for either of them brings up several entries for people who appear to not be the right person. If you know anything about either of these artists, feel free to message me on Twitter at PlaylistPrim. This song is heavily focused around orchestral string synths combined with a deep plucked bass, simple drums, and a slightly swung rhythm. The verses add an electric piano and some short chime samples to complement the vocal rhythm. In terms of their voices, while Muzi's voice is very soft, Suman can go into a much harsher timbre, and I think that contrast really gives this song a bit more interest. Suman was a great choice of featured artist in my opinion. If it had just been Muzi, I think it would have gone a bit repetitive, even though his voice does technically fit the song better. Thinking About You seriously reminds me of G-Friend's Schoolgirl trilogy, particularly Glass Bead. All those songs use a slightly swung rhythm with a heavy use of orchestral elements. I'd also recommend Thinking About You to fans of Yukika, as the specific orchestral synths used are reminiscent of those used in City Pop even if the song itself doesn't quite fit that genre. I'm also reminded of My First and Last by NCT Dream, though I can't quite place why. So if you're a fan of G-Friend, Yukika, or NCT Dream, go check out Thinking About You. How about song number 8? Our 8th song today with 560 views on Music and New is Read Only Memory by a band called Bat Electronics. Can't find any info, message me on Twitter, you know the deal. This song starts off with a very high-energy intro consisting of drums, a bass guitar, and an electric but not too overdriven guitar. Said guitar gets quite a bit more muted during the verses so as to make room in the mix for the vocals to come in. What really leapt out to me about this song is its use of rhythm. Pretty much every instrument in this song is playing some syncopated rhythm at all times, tied together by the more steady drum track. It really makes this song stand out against the others on this playlist, which make use of a lot of long and slow notes. I think this is actually a pretty necessary choice, since to the best of my knowledge, Bat Electronics is a band in the traditional sense. They only have a limited set of instruments at their disposal, so they have to make the most out of each track. Because there aren't a lot of K-pop groups with this same set of limited instruments, it was hard to find good comparisons. 
Most groups who form a band in this way do a very different style of music, and it's currently a lot more common to make heavily electronically produced tracks anyway. My best comparison is probably if you took the instrument selection of Why So Lonely by Wonder Girls and apply it to the tempo and funkiness of Gorgeous by V.A.V., which is ironic considering that Wonder Girls didn't have that band concept until quite late into their career. Mostly though, I'd say that if you're a fan of bands like Day6 and The Rose and want to find something a little more up-tempo, go listen to Read Only Memory and check out some other songs by Bad Electronics. What's song number 9? Ninth on the list today is Day Joteg by indie musician and former South Club member Boyhood, currently at 1700 views on Ogam Entertainment and 11.5k views on his official YouTube channel. I really like how this song starts out with pizzicato strings, chimes, and a bit of piano. It simultaneously gives off a jaunty summery vibe, and reminds me of fancy orchestra concerts and classical music, a contrast mirrored in the song's subject and music video. Of course, this contrast is dialed down when the percussion comes in, which gives the entire song more of a hip-hop feel. I find it really interesting that Boyhood chose to add in acoustic guitar samples in certain parts of the song. It pushes the song's feeling in a more summery direction, keeping that balance with both the hip-hop and orchestral elements. All in all, this is a great song to bring some of that summery feeling into winter. The mix of jaunty instruments with hip-hop style percussion reminds me a lot of something Zico would release. At first I was thinking maybe Zico's Any Song would be a good fit, but I also think that Serial by Crush featuring Zico would fit well. Kind of a combination of the sophisticated summariness of Serial with the instrument choice of Any Song, if that makes sense. Basically, if you're a fan of Zico, try listening to Date Joteg, also known as Luxury Big House. Song number 10, please. Coming in at 44k views on XX Entertainment, this is Proust by singer-songwriter An Yeun. This is a very piano-heavy song. Pretty much the entire instrumental is a fast-paced waltz-time blend of piano and a little bit of acoustic guitar. It is, in essence, a very fast ballad. Of course, as per usual with simple instrumentals, it lets the vocals stand out. I've spoken on An Yeun's voice a million times over, she has a strong, harsh, and high-pitched voice with an interesting nasal quality and a tendency to slide between notes in a style almost reminiscent of trot. Her interesting voice is the main reason why the song stood out among the approximately 7 million ballads released in the underrated K-pop sphere. The way that emotions manifest in her voice is completely different to how they would in a softer or more common voice type, sounding less about to cry and more about to scream, if that makes sense. One last thing, about a minute in, there's an acapella choral bit, and a similar choral element appears during the final chorus to fill the instrumental. This acapella section seriously sounds like Vocaloids to me. I'm not sure if it's actually using a vocal synth or if it's just super auto-tuned, but it was actually a very nostalgic thing for me personally to hear, especially in such an unexpected place. Speaking of Vocaloid, if you're a fan of the Vocaloid producer Kira's song Circles, especially the piano version, I definitely think you'll like Proust. Not only are they both piano-centric ballads with a focus on a particularly unique voice, they both use a 3-4 time signature, adding to their similarities. Within mainstream K-pop though, honestly, if you're a fan of ballads in general, you'll probably be into Proust. Some specific examples of ones with similar instrumentals are How Can I Love a Heartbreak by Akmu, and the intro to Four Seasons by Taeyeon. Also, I've noticed that piano covers of K-pop songs are quite popular online. 
If you're a fan of those covers, I think you'll appreciate Proust's instrumental. So yeah, if you're into ballads and you're looking to spice things up, I'd recommend going for Proust. Last but not least, let's hear our sore thumb song. Okay, so I realize this isn't quite how sore thumb songs usually work on this podcast. Usually we have an actual theme, so I can just choose something that doesn't fit that theme. Since we don't have a concrete theme this episode though, I just chose something that didn't quite fit in with the other songs. That being said, this is Depersonalization by rapper Guangiljo with 28k views on 1k and 4k views for its explicit version. One thing that really stood out to me is Guangiljo's rapping style. He really emphasizes his consonants and de-emphasizes his vowel sounds, making his rapping almost sound like beatboxing at times. I really think it fits the creepy vibe of this song well. When combined with the extremely fast pace, it almost sounds like he's panicking or running out of breath. Plus, it adds an extra percussive element to this song, which otherwise doesn't actually have much percussion, mostly bass kicks and some very quiet hi-hat rolls. The instrumental is built very much around what I can best describe as horror movie soundtrack sounds. Detuned plucked synths, quickly bowed strings, cold piano, and jump scary samples. In fact, I've definitely heard the one at 1 minute 7 seconds in some video game before. I want to say either in Slender or maybe as an Everman noise in Minecraft? Either way, this is a super unique and spooky song. Depersonalization really reminds me of G-Idol's Queendom performance of Put It Straight Nightmare version. It uses similar horror soundtrack elements, and heck, it even speeds up the tempo during Susan's verse to add to the thrill. The instrumental of Depersonalization specifically makes me think of Dreamcatcher's album intro tracks, especially the one for their album Alone in the City. A similar combination of orchestral elements and spooky synths, I guess. Also, the dark tone and fast pace remind me a bit of Intro Boy Meets Evil by BTS, though that's a bit more of a stretch. So if you're into dark concepts and spooky music, I highly recommend listening to Depersonalization. And just like that, those are our 10 songs of the week, plus our sore thumb song. I wasn't intending for this playlist to have much of an actual musical theme, but almost half of these songs ended up being retro, and if you added the ambient ones... I think I've been listening to my funky playlist a little too much recently. As I said last episode, it was basically the defining sound of 2020, and it's still going strong into 2021. I'm very excited to see an increase in dark-sounding releases like Amateur Lover, On-Off, and especially Depersonalization. I personally really love dark songs and dark concepts, and I'm glad to see them getting a little more love, you know? But that's enough waffling for now. We still have to spin the Wheel of Segments. And this week's segment is... Demo Reel. Demo Reel is the segment where I look at a demo recording of a K-pop song and compare it to its final version. Today's topic is Fine by Taeyeon, whose demo was written and recorded by American pop singer Shaylin. Shaylin has actually done a fair number of demo recordings, including a demo of EXO's Coco Bop, and several currently unclaimed demos, including at least one that's been privated, meaning it might have gotten bought, so look out for a group to release a song called Runaway in the future. This demo of Fine was actually the first K-pop demo she ever wrote, so let's take a look! The main difference between Shaylin and Taeyeon's renditions of Fine is that Shaylin's is in English and Taeyeon's is in Korean. As such, take my lyrical analysis with a grain of salt. 
For Taeyeon's release, I am going off of the English translation available on colorcodedlyrics.com. Though both of these songs are about reminiscing on a breakup, they have slightly different tones. Shaylin's lyrics are more defiant and angry. She directly demands that her hypothetical ex-lover quote-unquote lie and tell her one more time that they love her. Both verse 2 and the bridge feature Shaylin asking herself why she misses her ex-lover, implying a reason why one would not usually be inclined to miss them. And the chorus seems to damn the ex-lover for leaving quote-unquote after she gave it all for them. In contrast, Taeyeon's lyrics feel more depressed than angry, pondering about what the future may hold after her breakup, cleaning her room to take her mind off of the pain, and calling herself a fool. This dichotomy can most easily be seen in the post-chorus. Shaylin's line, Hear My Cry, is replaced with Taeyeon's It's Not Fine. These differences also fit each of their vocal qualities. Shaylin's voice is higher and harsher, fitting an angrier tone, and Taeyeon's voice is deeper and softer, better fitting that depressed tone. It appears that the instrumentals of each version are near identical, save for a slight difference in the mixing of the percussion. Shaylin's version has louder and brighter percussion than the more dampened percussion in Taeyeon's version, again contributing to that angry depressed divide. The main differences are in the lyrics and vocal timbre, as stated before, almost putting Shaylin's version into the space of a cover, except for the fact that, you know, it came out first. So if you listen to a lot of English K-pop covers, give Shaylin's demo of Fine a try, and while you're at it, check out some of Shaylin's original music. My personal favorite is Roll the Dice. And with that, we end Season 2 of Primam's Playlist. If you enjoyed this episode, check out the original songs at bit.ly slash pmp underscore s2 finale, all letters capital, all numbers numerals. And if you'd like to support this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and if you really want to go above and beyond, donate to our Patreon page. $3 a month for shoutouts and early playlist access, $5 to request a song for me to review. Links to those can be found at linktree slash prims playlist. That's linktr.ee slash p-r-i-m-m-s-p-l-a-y-l-i-s-t. If you want to send me artist info, see my thoughts on K-pop news, or even just say hello, you can find me on Instagram at prims playlist. That's at p-r-i-m-m-s underscore p-l-a-y-l-i-s-t, all lowercase, or on Twitter at playlistprim, p's capital, no space. As I said earlier, I'm on hiatus until the semester ends so I can focus on schoolwork and my main YouTube channel. Patreon requested song reviews will be posted as text on Patreon until I come back. Then I'll work them into Season 3, Episode 1. Again, if you want to keep in touch, I'm available on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for jamming with me today, and I'll see you all on May 16th.